Hello, I am Dr. R.J. Weber, and I am fortunate to be the superintendent of the Northville Public Schools here in beautiful Northville, Michigan. We're just outside of Detroit for those listening to us around uh, the world. Uh, for those of you in Michigan, I'm sure you know where that is. We truly pride ourselves in advancing our tradition of excellence by opening up a world of possibilities for each of our students. And we thank you for joining this episode of Mustang Moments, where we have casual conversations with students, staff, community members, and beyond. Uh, we try to stay curious around here and also acknowledge and respect the fact that it's truly the people who make this an amazing school district. And this is our way to share their stories with each of you. Thank you. Hey, this is Dr. R.J. Weber, the superintendent of Northville Public Schools here in beautiful Northville, Michigan. And uh, we really try to stay curious here. My guest today is Miss Janine Reddy, and she is fairly new to Northville, but not new to the world of coaching. She coaches our women's high school soccer team and uh, excited to have a conversation with her. As we, you know, this podcast really focuses upon the people who make Northville what it is. And if you've listened to the series, you'll hear that we've talked to students and teachers and parents and volunteers. And so I'm really excited for today as this is our first venture into the athletic world. So Miss Reddy, Janine, yes, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well, thank you. So we had a little bit of off uh, air, if you will, conversation. So she's ready for me in some of the questions we're going to have. But let's start here. Um, when did you realize that playing soccer, let's start with playing, playing soccer was something you really enjoyed or that you found some success at? Um, I started playing soccer when I was eight. Um, it was not popular um, in, it was probably 1989 or so. 19, yeah, it was 89, 80, 90, 90. Um, mainly boys in the area played. There were girls' teams. Um, a few friends that I was in Girl Scouts with, actually, at I was at Hoban Elementary, were playing in the Canton Soccer Club. So my best friend's dad was the coach and um, decided to try it, um, loved it, and since I was eight, I've never stopped. So... And now you look at today's world with soccer, you have kids starting when they're two, three years old, and it's still, I I mean, it's great, but I'll look and be like, I have, I can't even imagine playing soccer at that age. But anyway, I started playing when I was eight through the Canton Soccer Club, um, met most of my best friends there, played mm. with them for most of my life, um, then moved over to the Michigan Hawks, where I played till I graduated. Um, you know, I played other sports as well. I played softball. Uh, I ran cross country for one year. <laughs> it was a lot with soccer, but um, gave that up. Um, had to give up softball. Um, I also, I just like to run. So I was, you know, did a couple things with track, um, but always kind of fell back on soccer. So you're that rare human being because I don't understand people like you. Who I wasn't very good at who those can other run. Sports, but I was good at running. And you're coordinated. <laughs> So as a, as a cross-country runner and a runner myself and cross-country coach and things like that, anything with a ball, I don't care if it's on a tee. I mean, I struck out in tee ball. I, I 
miss the golf ball often. It's just who I am. <laughs> but now, when did you, when on a coaching aspect, so this is, I'm really interested in this aspect. First, what position did you play when you? I played center mid. Center mid. So you ran a lot. I did. So I was wow. always running. So I would wake up in the morning before high school and run. Um, to say I like running now, I do not. Um, but, you know, I, it just, I, the biggest thing for me, and I still tell my players to this day, is something I could control was to be in shape. So that was the Brilliant. biggest thing. If I wasn't, you know, my goal was to be able to play. We played 90 minutes um, back in the day. Um, was that I would be should be able to play 90 minutes every single game and then still be able to play 20 minutes of overtime. That was how I looked at it. So I woke up in the morning and I ran before high school. You're a warrior. Um, and then I don't, and now I, I hate to say this, but I don't like running. It's anymore, okay. You, you so. put in lots of miles when yep. you were younger. So I just did lots of things like middle school. I was like, I didn't play basketball, but I'm going to, my friends played, so I'm going to try out for the basketball team. So I tried. I, Played basketball, um, but I, like I said, like I just told you, I always fell back on soccer. So, so it was just the love I had since I was eight. So what I'm thinking right now, Janine, is like uh, I grew up in an area where I knew nothing about soccer until yep. my have my son who started to play. And I think that many people who are going to listen to this podcast may not understand some of the terminology we even use. And so let's kind of lace that into this conversation. Okay. So when you say you played center mid, how would you break that down for a lay person who doesn't know a lot about the game? Like what, what does that position do? Okay, so center mid is how I always looked at it as you you were you got to be you you got to be everywhere in the field. And they should be. So you're in the middle of the field in you know behind your forwards. Could you be in front of your forwards? Yes. Um, and you were in front of your defenders. Could you be back helping your defenders? Yes. Could you be to the right? Could you be to the left? Yes. So that position in the world now where people go by numbers, it's a six or an eight or a 10. So I got to do everything. So my love for that position was I got to be a defender, which I love to do. I got to go forward. But my biggest thing was I loved seeing the field. So I was able to play, you know, the biggest thing for an eight or a center mid is to be able to assist your teammates. So... I never had a million goals, but I had lots of assists. So that may lead into that kind of next question as we go into your love of coaching. So I had the pleasure of when Katie and I did of spending a little bit of time with you before we got on. And just what was really easily evident to me right off the go was like coaching, this isn't your this is who you are. Like this is something that is part of your way of being. Do you remember the moment that you felt you might want to be a soccer coach? Um, I think in high school, to be honest with you, I actually wanted to go and be a teacher, Yay. a gym teacher, um, and kind of like with family and different things, I also wanted, I just wanted to be around people or teaching or do something with people. So that was, coaching was a big thing. I love the sport. How can I continue to do this after? How can I give back? Um, so I was like, oh, I can be a teacher. But then a part of me wanted to be a doctor. So I did the doctor route, didn't end up going there. So it was biology, and then I ended up doing the nursing route. So it was like always something with people. Um, but there was always that little kind of tick in my brain. Like I, I have to, I loved just teaching kids um, and teaching them not just about soccer. So a lot of what I grew up with, I mean, I had great coaches, but I never had – 
someone I could go to as, you know, it was always just go to for how am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do in the field? You know, there are times where I needed more than that. Right. So, well, and, and, and I didn't have any women coaches my it, whole life. And, so. and that's the, the aspect of the magic of being a coach is the relationships you build with the students or the, the people you're privileged to coach when done well, go well beyond any aspect of the sport. And we, I believe, uh, from a focus on mental health that we have in this district that will continue to grow, that actually our coaches and our athletic trainers are some of the best people to see something is not going well with a particular kid because you're spending time with them in ways yeah. that is different. And, and so also for our listeners, so how many people each team on a soccer field, just so they know? How many people are on a field? Eleven. Okay. And that's including the goalie? Including the goalie. So 10 players actually on that field yep. can range about. Yep. And it sounds like midfield is probably a, a good position to have played if you're going to coach because, as you said, you have to see everything. Yep. You're playing defense, you're playing offense, you're looking at assists, so all that good stuff. Correct. Oh, that's fantastic. And then talk to us a little bit about uh, your coaching trajectory. I think one of the things that we talked about was um, you coached for 15 years and you coached boys soccer. I coached uh, boys soccer first um, at Canton High School. Um, a position opened up there, so I took it. Um, absolutely loved it. I did it for a very long time. Um, when I had my first daughter, I stopped um, just so I could be home. <laughs> I was just gone too much. It's so a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So then the varsity coach asked me to come back. But I just said, you know, if I'm coming back and still doing the girls program, it's just freshmen. So I did freshmen for a few more years. Um, coaching the boys' side was amazing because it's a little different than the girls' side. Um, are the, when they see your face when you show up and you're a female, they're all like, I've never had a girl coach. Okay, that's fine. Um, but, you know, coaching is coaching. So, it, you know, I expect the same from the boys as they did from the girls. Um, were they different? Yes. Their mentality is different. Their attitudes are different. They're sometimes actually goofier <laughs> than the girls. Um, but I also coach, you know, while I coach boys um, in the fall, I, you know, coach the girls in the spring. So I had a good balance between that. Um, respected, obviously, both, pro, you know, boys mm -hmm. and girls programs. But always, sometimes I would have to take that boys' mentality and bring it in my girls' mentality because the boys just different sometimes in my from my coaching experience. It's just go 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 go. Girls are sometimes you know they get there, they have all their life stuff they need to talk about first, and you know that. So that was that is the very big difference. But everything else, like soccer wise, um, both amazing on the field off the field i expected the same thing from both i didn't treat them any differently um what would your players say they know about coach ready as far as like <clears throat> when they show up to a practice or a game what would be maybe one thing or two things that they they would know to expect from you or that you simply expect as their coach and it's a non-negotiable this is what coach wants i know it i don't even have to think about it um i say hi to all of them hmm which I never had. So first thing you say is, hi, how are you? How's your day? And they do it back to me. So it's kind of nice. Um, That's a beautiful thing. Hoping that they could just say hi to one person a day. So 
I don't know what your day was like today, but hi. So I try to say hi to all of them. Um, I don't bring what I have during the day or my business to soccer. It's a new place, a new thing. Um, I let them, I trust them. They know what they're supposed to do. Um, do I have to go get on them sometimes when they're not doing everything they're supposed to be doing at the moment? Um, yes, but I don't do it in a way that's um, negative or anything like that. Try to keep them focused. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just to say hi to people. I mean, and you can ask most of them. Um, some of them will look at me and be like, oh, she's, hi. <laughs> you know, it's almost like no one said hi to them for the right. whole day. Um, so that's my big thing. It's just going in there with a positive attitude. Um, you know, maybe this is the best part of their day right now. They've had tests all day and they're stressed and this is that time to get away. So in sport, that's one of the beautiful things about it is it's a pressure release. It's a, it's a, yep. such a quality part of our lives, no matter what aspect you do. And the fact that that's your answer tells me a lot about, I did a little bit of research as I talked off camera on you before we came on, because I don't want to come in unprepared. And I asked a person who I really deeply respect, uh, you know, uh, I said, I'm doing a podcast with Miss Ruddy, like what, what makes her good? And they said, it, it's all about relationships with her, RJ. Like she genuinely cares about these kids and building that. Um, and sometimes people confuse uh, kindness or weakness and uh, I think those people in this world that are magic are those people who can be kind, empathetic, and loving, yet also highly demanding, high expectations, mm -hmm. high support. Yep. And the fact that your mentality of what I can control is being in shape. Yep. And I love what, I've never heard anyone say that. Like, I wanted to be in good enough shape to where I could play 90 and roll 20 in overtime and I'm okay. Yep. And that that type of, of mentality alone, giving that gift to kids, you know, that expectation is something that benefits you throughout life. You know, not to say you always have to be hyper ready for everything, but like from a basic standpoint, come correct. Like come correct. Absolutely. I don't want to pull you because Absolutely. you're bent over grabbing your knees because you can't breathe because you chose to not be in shape. Correct. Like that's not going to help, right? Absolutely. Um, is there a particular game that you were either a player in or a coach of that, that really sticks in your mind is that magical moment where time kind of stopped and in and everything just was clicking for you or your people? Oh, there's so many games. Oh, that's good. <laughs> if you said, to oh, pick. RJ, there's nothing. I'm like, okay. Um, I mean, most recently, um, for me, last year for Northville, um, you know, coming in as a new coach is never easy um, for them or myself. So kind of coming in and asking them what their goals were initially. And um, a lot of them were like, oh, we would like to win this or do this. But none of them said we want to win the state championship. So I kind of was taken aback by that. Well, why wouldn't that be your goal? I mean, for, you know, soccer, the team. You may have other goals. Um, but ultimately, you're playing. You want to get to, you know, Michigan State at the end of the year. So they kind of all looked at me kind of funny, like, you're crazy. <laughs> so I just said, okay, well, we'll make that our goal. So, and 
you know, game by game by game, um, whether they were down, they would come back. So at the end of the game, he said, you know, I don't care that you were down, but you found a way to come back, whether you tied, whether you won, whatever it may be. Um, you know, and as things went on towards the year, right around this time last year, they kind of all started to be like, oh, well, we won our, you know, division. They're like, oh, so that's a goal, fine, you know, to get you to your ultimate goal. Then they won their conference, then they won, you know, districts and all so forth. Um, they kind of still thought I was crazy, I think. Um, but going to this, you know, when we get to that final game, um, which, you know, obviously was not easy for all of us, um, losing the way we did, um, not discrediting Bloomfield Hills. Oh, but, no. So why don't we, you know, uh, I, this is this is really a fascinating <laughs> moment and a wonderful life moment as well for people who aren't familiar with it. Now, there are going to be people listening to this podcast who love sports. There are going to be people who really love soccer. And there are going to be people who deeply understand the story you're about to tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, so very few of us who have been athletes in life have the privilege of competing in the final game of the season. Correct. Whether it's on the pro level, the NBA finals, Stanley Cup, you know, the World Series, like that is a stage that very few people, high school athletics, a state championship potential is like, it's not something a lot of people can say they've ever even been part of. Correct. So you take this team and, and you're like, this should be our goal. Like, why aren't we saying this? And all of a sudden the engine starts moving. They start to believe in themselves. Yep. They, they're starting to get you. You arrive at Michigan State. Talk to us about the day. Um, and I'm sorry. I mean, no, it's no, a little painful. It is painful. It's but okay. Why but don't it's, we it's, share? Why don't we share the story? Because I think when people hear the story of how it happened, the loss, um, it it guts you a bit because you care about these kids so much. You but, do. but but you're yeah. at the final game. Yeah, and that's great in itself, you know. And so tell us about the day. Okay, so I mean, it's a good day. Um, we get there, and you can kind of tell, you know, like when your team is, you know, obviously you can tell when they're nervous, and that's why I say hi. Because I know I can look at their face and I know if they're nervous, if we need to talk, if something's going on. So that's a that if we go back to that high thing, I know if something's real bad and we need to have a private conversation. But you can just tell by the look on their face. But anyway, all that day, I think everyone was ready, but extremely nervous. Which I was nervous. Who wouldn't be? I should be nervous. And then I always tell them it should go away when you step on the field. So anyway. Good day. I mean, warm-ups were fine. Some people, they felt a little off on certain things, but they figured it out. Um, good soccer game. Um, ended up being tied 1-1 before going into overtime. Then we get to the overtime. You know, you play two 10 minutes regardless. Um, and then you go to penalty kicks, which, I mean... It is what it is, um, but I always say we should just continue to keep playing until, you know, if there's four people left on the field versus three, that's how it is. So um, I know that will never happen, but um, to end it the way, it, you know, it ended um, for girls that never missed a PK in practice. We had girls that never missed a single one. So it was, you know, devastating to them devastating to the team it was like shocking to them but you know in my mind I'm just standing there you know you've made it this far you know you have come from that dirty look you gave me when I said we're going to Michigan State on June 17th um who to this is this point. woman and why did they hire her she's not well she's crazy no um so 
I think that all came back in my mind. It's like they were, you know, you guys made it here. So, you know, I used to get emotional a little bit, but. Um, I've got to say, I just as I just grew up out state, knew nothing about soccer, so learning about it. But the penalty kick uh, to finish something like that drives me <laughs> crazy. And I completely agree with you. I would rather see two on three <laughs> yes. out there yep. and just feel like you you it was truly in your hands. It just seems like such a random way it is. to end and I hate the I hate the shootouts in hockey, hate them. Uh, I just think that that let them play until I don't know because they eventually yeah they're gonna you know get cramps and you know it's it's gonna happen I mean they were all having them in the overtime so um yeah it's a hard way to go down it is but um but also fuel right uh part of it in sport and life in general you know there's so many cliches about this but I think they're cliches for a reason you know It's, it's never about how many times you get like knocked down You know, how many times do you get back up and get back after it? Do you recognize that sometimes things in life don't work the way that they probably should? And what you've noticed, does that mean that you're a failure or no? It means that that's what happened on that day. I think one of the the best post-game speeches I've heard in years, and forgive me, I played for the Bucks. Uh, I think I have his shoes. His name is Giannis. So it was after they got bounced. And some reporters like, do you consider this season a failure? And his response was, have you seen it? I have. It's amazing. Brilliant. I wanted to share that with my team. I shared it with our athletic director and asked him to share it with the coaches. Because I just, what he said in a nutshell was like, oh, so Michael Jordan played like 15 seasons. He only won, I don't know, six championships. Like, so you're telling me that every other season for Michael Jordan is a failure? And the way he said it, he wasn't, like, jerky about it. He was just so, like, right. It was amazing. And to me, when people say things like that, I'll tell you this is the indication for me. And when people say, do you think something like your season or it was a failure, it tells me that they have more than likely never been in a position of what it means to compete and sacrifice, mm-hmm. to give everything you have and not have it end up the way that you'd hoped because why would you ask a question like that otherwise like unless you've known what it means to show up to get up early in the morning to run to take feedback from your coaches to be there for your teammates to miss your family you wouldn't ask the question and so this is my belief in my heart is that every great team that i've seen has those moments where they build and they build off of their past. In the Detroit area, we go back to the Red Wings in the mid-90s, right? Like, they were awful. (laughs) And then, all of a sudden, they start to make it to a playoff round, and then they go deep, and then they get beat by the Devils, and you're like, oh, this stinks. And then what do they do? They go rip two in a row uh, later on, right? So, to me, I hate it for our high school kids because if you're a senior, you don't have the privilege of being at the professional level where you know there's a next season. Yep. And that's probably, I imagine as a coach, the thing that hurts your heart yep. the most. You look at your 11th graders, your 10th graders, and you're like, all right, ladies, we're going to be back. We yep. got it. But you look at your seniors and... And that was the hard part. You know, I only had them for one year. That was the hardest part. 
to only be a part of that team for one year. Well, and the that ener- was the end of it for them. So The energy I feel from you, I have no doubt that if you're fortunate enough to make another run in the playoffs, that you're going to see a lot of those seniors oh, yeah. from last year yeah. showing up to like, yep. give you love and support. Yep. And I think that's a beautiful thing. No, that's... So for our soccer nerds out there, let's give them a little bit. Of, let's give them a little bit of uh, something uh, to enjoy here. So if you're listening to this and you love soccer, uh, talk to us a little bit about from a coaching standpoint um, uh, formations and in in how you as a coach determine what you're going to use. Maybe choose one. Maybe it's a formation or two, or maybe you use a lot in a game. Again, my ignorance. Uh, in a game that you've played this year that the soccer nerds will, I say that lovingly, by the way, to everyone listening, uh, will really understand. And the rest okay. of us will just have to go Google it. Okay. No, that's okay. Um, it, you know, my formations depend on, um, so I've had a couple injuries this year, so I've switched a few things. Um, also, it depends on who we're playing. Mm. So if I decide I'm going to play... Um, five in the back and then sometimes I've played then four in the midfield so if I four and then one up top I can get away with that against some teams um, I may start that way and then realize that they're playing you know a, a, you know a formation that this is not going to work so then my girls know so we say switch you know to this one and they'll switch it to something else most recently um, to utilize and to get actually, uh, you know, we've kind of struggled. We are very defensive minded. Um, I am defen- defensive minded. Um, <laughs> defenses, you're kind of, uh, if you have that, everything else should follow. So um, I have five in the back. So I play five in the back um, and then kind of a one and then a two and a two. So so the people who know people... soccer are following along and they're eating <laughs> they this are, up. They know. Katie and I are looking at each other like. <laughs> so basically mm. you have three center backs. You have two outside backs, which become um, almost like midfielders. Okay. They have freedom over there. Um, I have three really solid center backs. So that really gives my outside defenders our, um, the freedom to go forward. Um, and then I have really good solid midfielders. And then I have really good forwards. So this is actually has helped us score more goals interesting um because i uh, the little i do know i I think i look at like a five four and i'm like it just (laughs) does i i love the i mean i'm a defensive guy so i'm like oh this is great but like you're actually just making opportunities correct so it allows either my outside players to go or my one of my three center backs to go forward so is it um typical or like as a coach and a soccer coach when you start a game with a particular formation um, is it typical that you just stay in that formation or, or you said you've shifted, but, okay. or is it typical in every game to maybe switch up and where de- people are? It depends on the game. Um, okay. some games that may not be going well, or they, the other team has really good people in certain positions that I might have to shift. I mean, I've shifted where I don't even have a left side where I only have a strong and heavy on the right side because they have a really good player on the left side. So um, I've had times where, you know, we play games where teams play, you know, six, seven players always behind the ball playing defense. So how do I fix that? So I have to switch things up. I have teams where we have to focus on one or two players and the other team. 
Um, so I switch it up that way. If we're down, I'll have more people play up and kind of remove people from the back. So it just switched. I mean, so it just you're constantly on the game. analyzing. Yep. So and seeing what, what's working or not working correct. and what you might have to yep. do. And what works for certain players. Um, you know, at this point, we're going into the, you know, we're just finishing up our regular conference play and we're going to go in the state tournament um, starting after Memorial Day. So we'll have three or four good solid formations that we'll use that work for us um, and probably we'll stick to ju just those. Um, if we have to switch them, we will. But, well, I, um, I play FIFA on the <laughs> PS4 with my son, so if you ever need any help, I, I load up some formations <laughs> there. I can come down to the sideline and, and, and help FIFA. you with that. Uh, so center back, uh, do you have a favorite, whether you're a kid growing up or just a person who loves the game? Is there a, a female male center back that you admire, you see how they play, and you're like, wow, that is the prototypical that's the center back that either I wish I could be or I would love on my team every year. Oh, boy. Who would be my favorite center back? You know, I, to be honest with you, I, I watch, when I watch soccer, um, I don't really pick a certain player, but my favorite player of all time um, was because I grew up, with, grew up watching her was Mia Hamm. So, yes. And she wasn't a center back. But um, Tenacious. she would be in the center back if she had to be. You know, she, she was all over all. the place. Um, she so, was just a fun player to watch. I, I got to meet her and that whole team that um, actually won in 99. Was I, it remember, 99? I remember that moment. Yep. It was beautiful. Yep. She was one of my celebrity sightings. I <laughs> was leaving a U2 concert in Chicago, and she and Nomar were walking oh. out. Oh. And they enjoyed the – I wasn't going to go and ask for anything, oh, but nice. it was like a complete fanboy moment. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh, yeah. she's, that's Mia Ham. And no one – it's great because no one cared about Nomar. No one. <laughs> like, she's sitting here with a pro baseball player, and everyone is no, focused on her because pretty, she's that good, right? She was a pretty amazing player. I mean, there's good players now, but I, I honestly don't think there's anybody um, – Will you ever I, watch with your, with your kids that you coach? Will you ever – either uh, watch a game or ask them to watch a game or watch video of good players, or is that something that's just not no, necessary? So, I mean, I think a lot of them – so if you talk to a lot of soccer players, um, you'll find that some of them watch soccer religiously on TV, and you'll find others that don't watch it at all. Um, it's crazy. Like, I honestly grew up only watching and like to watch World Cup. That's it. I never watched, you know, all these league games mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But now with, that I have my own kids, um, and a lot of it's time. Like, I don't have time to watch TV. So right. um, I'll watch it with them. So it's kind of nice. Um, with Premier League coming on the weekends, Correct. now you can catch some of the games. Some of the games, And I yep. think YouTube as well yep. is a good way. It is nice. Um, you know, as far as center backs, Sergio Ramos is my fave. And then I mean, Chiellini uh, from, I mean, he just was rock solid. And I think the guy great. who's unbelievable is Van Dyke. Like, he can do it all. Like, it's just like, wow. Yep. And usually your center backs are, you know, and I tell my girls this, and, and most of them know this, your center backs are typically really amazing forwards. Really? Yeah, because they know how to read and where to be and what not to do and where to stand and how to lose their defenders. So they are actually really ah, that's good brilliant. forwards. That's so, really neat. Yeah. I, I never thought. So we talked yep. a little bit about FIFA, and you said you do play with your kids. <laughs> I do. Uh, and uh, I think that's Rarely. really cool. And we talked <laughs> about I'm horrible. Some, it's okay. We talked about pro tips for all the parents out there who are listening. 
Do not let your kids choose the top teams and then you choose a team that's basically a club team. They will throttle you. Always pick like Paris Saint-Germain or Real Madrid or Bayern München if you can before your kid gets a controller. Uh, I could talk to you forever, Janine. Um, The the aspect of um, the respect I have, and Katie and you and I talked about this, for coaches and the impact they have in the lives of children. The joy, though, here's the little secret. Let's let everyone in on this. Like The three of us have all coached and been athletes, and we get just as much, if not, I feel sometimes more joy out of the privilege to help young people realize their potential, how good they are. And that joy that comes from it is something that I think if you can share that with your team, which I believe you do, then helps them feel that joy and get in the flow state. So I, I want to say thank you for a lifetime of coaching and what a gift you've been to Northville. And when I talk to just really, really enjoys you as a human being. And sure, everyone loves a winner. You and I know that. Yeah. But um, and we don't compete unless we want to win. Like, hello, like Correct. you said to the kids last year, like, why isn't your goal a state championship? <laughs> yeah. If we're on the field, like, let's set, let's, was, let's yeah. set our marker, right? Yeah, it was very, I was kind of throwback. Uh, yeah, but. but the reality is, you know, uh, great coaches have ups and downs because in Absolutely. high school athletics, especially, and even in college athletics, but high school especially, it's all about the kids that you have in those years. Yep. And there are years where you're, you know, very fortunate to have a certain mix or chemistry and years that are, are tougher. Um, but you, you know, you weather that out and, and kind of even it out in Absolutely. so many ways. Uh, one quick thing before we get to our final five, I think it is. Yeah. Is, uh, we talked a little bit off on, on your opinion on club sport, uh, is a, is a parent, is a public educator, the, the rise in club sports I've seen in the past decade or so. Uh, this weekend, uh, in a neighboring community, they had a big tournament. It was like three days, and it was everywhere. Yep. And and I know I just wonder you as a as a person who's coached probably in at both areas and been part of both areas. Where do you where do you land on the rise of of kind of travel slash whatever? Travel soccer. Yeah. Um. So I've been coaching. Um, high school longer than travel soccer, but I've been coaching travel soccer for the past 11, 12 years or so. Wow. Um, and, you know, I coached with the Michigan Hawks and now I'm with DCFC. And, um, you know, I, I can't say anything bad about club soccer. soccer. You know, I grew up playing club soccer. My kids play club soccer. You know, my big thing, and we had this conversation we started is, I have always, and I think why I I kind of have the same relationship with my players in club soccer, which I do coach high school age and younger levels. So I like that balance of, you know, kind of getting the little kids, you know, where they should be and also having, I love having the high school age groups too. Um, the big thing with club soccer is, yeah, it's it's time consuming. It's it, you know, for some clubs, it's year long. So we have players in the Norfolk area that don't play high school because they're in club and have to choose. You know, and I could go on and on and on about that. Um, you know, yeah, how to is, fix that. This is definitely not a, a anything versus. It's just a it's a, a notion that I have noticed this. And I think my bias would be that I do see many kids getting into a single sport yep. younger. 
and staying only in in that, in that sport. sport. Yep. And myself is, uh, you know, uh, we talked about injury and things, but I believe when kids do different sports, it it advantages their primary sport. I'm sorry, I'm kind of awkward here, but does that no. make sense? No, that's how I've always believed that. Um, you know, my husband also coaches. We, we talk ah. about that all the time. What does he coach? He coaches basketball okay. at Canton. Okay. Um, you know, and it's how I've always found the kids that played multiple sports, whether they were good at all of them, it made them better at for sure one of them. Um, did it have to be soccer? No. I mean, but you know what? They're kids. They should be learning how to do different things with, and using different parts of their body. Yes, it obviously helps with, you know, injury too later in life. You don't have those injuries. You're using your legs, your arms, you're, you're you know, moving your knees in a different way, you know, than you would normally just do in soccer. Um, but it also gives them that kind of balance too on, you know, soccer is like this, softball might be like this, golf's like this, this is individual, you know, and every, every different team has a different relationship. Um, they also get different aspects of different coaching, which oh, is important. That's a good point too. Um, yeah. You know, you may have this type of coach here and this type of coach here. Yes, are they going to like one over the other? Absolutely. But they're more coachable. Um, because they've had different types of coaches and experiences. Um, but I, you know, I will never, ever, ever, um, you know, I coach club and I have a lot of players that, you know, parents that come to me even at tryouts and say, well, I don't know if we can do this because, you know, for example, you know, Janine plays, uh, volleyball at high school and it's, you know, it takes up all her time and, she wants to do both, and I know that's not going to work. Well, for me, it works. I let well, them do those. I'm going to say, as a so, as a, a professional educator, parent, thank you for having that mentality, and providing access. You know, the value proposition is sure. Then they can be on it. More than likely, not going to play as much, but you know that going in because yep. that's there's a time commitment and there's that part of it. Yep. So uh, anyone you'd like to say, uh, give a shout out to anyone who's been influential in your life in the past, uh, anyone like that? Um, I'd like to say hi to my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talk to us about it a little bit. <laughs> so my husband, who also coaches, so we live the coach life. Um, <laughs> we we kind of, we have our seasons. So he's basketball, so he's winter. Um, so I have <laughs> the kids all winter. <laughs> He's there. I mean, he's, I mean, obviously there, but not as busy. So now he's, you know, done with basketball. So he's running the kids around back and forth. I'm at, you know, a high school, coaching high school right now. Um, but my big thing is, you know, I give him a lot of credit. I, I sometimes give him a little bit of, um, you know, he's gone. Basketball's a long season. Mm. So um, soccer's pretty short. But I do coach year-round. So sometimes I don't think of that part. You know, I coach club. I coach three soccer club teams. Um and I work full time. So do you sleep? I <laughs> like five and a half. Five oh, and a half right. hours is good enough for me. So your family um, though sounds like they're all yeah. in and, and it's been our life and my kids' life. They don't know any different. They love going to the gym with their dad. They don't necessarily choose to go with me to the soccer field until about now because of how cold and awful yeah. it is. Yeah. So they have been literally born and going to the gym with their father. Um, my what are your family, kids names? Julia and Jordan. Aww. So they both play soccer. Um, and you know, from our previous conversation, yeah. they play basketball, golf. Um, you know, my daughter played baseball for a very long time <laughs> until it became, you know, you need to go play softball. 
um, she liked baseball. So we let her play with boys her whole life. So, love it, love it. Yeah, but kind I'd of say, choosing soccer now and golf and basketball. So Well, you must have an amazing organizational ability, you and your husband, to keep that straight uh, with we all the coaching. I would argue that you got the better end of the deal because, <laughs> you know, he's in a gym all the time. And, yes, yes. the spring was icky, but on nights like hopefully tomorrow night, uh, last night, it's gorgeous. Beautiful nights. And just nights to be out there. Yeah. So, Coach Reddy, we're going to finish with our final five. Uh, we kind of went over this in the beginning. So let's go with favorite place to eat in the Northville area. Ooh, what do you got? Let's see. I I don't know if it's Northville. Though. It's okay. Um, favorite place. Well, I love Janetti's to go um, for things. I take my team there for their events been going there forever um, they're an amazing they are supporter people. good people the yeah. food's great yep. and they bend over backwards to help and what a great idea for the team as well how yeah, about a favorite business like, not that you have time to go shopping anywhere but uh <laughs> if you if you do have a moment uh to go is there any place that you like in the area in particular that's just the, shop. okay Isn't there we sad? go i have to shop it's online. not it's not sad it's, it's kind of when sad. you're coaching three i love shopping but I don't get to go shopping. So everything is delivered to my house. What's your Achilles heel with shopping? What do you have too much of? Um, probably shoes. I can, yeah. I empathize with you. <laughs> I have my own hidden shoe closet in my house. My so husband's my, worse, so. But oh, I'm, well that's good. <laughs> with yeah. shoes at least. Athletic like shoes. shoes. Athletic shoes. Oh my gosh. Regular shoes, yep. shoes. So. so if you could visit anywhere in the world or uh, or a favorite place you've ever been, what would it be? Uh, my favorite place is probably Maui. Oh, yes. yes. Um, it's just peaceful um, and beautiful. And where I would really like to go would be probably Alaska. Yeah. The very opposite. <laughs> yeah, I like going up there. You could make it a Coles. make it a twofer. Yeah. Go to Hawaii and then so fly, up to fly up to Alaska or down side. and that part yep. of it. Yep. Uh, it's interesting. The whales that spend so much time in Alaska, um, yep. the and humpbacks and things like that, then, then they Hawaii. come down and hang out in Maui. So it, I think you're channeling a very na natural vibe there. <laughs> pineapple on pizza, yes or no? I will definitely eat pineapple. On okay, pizza. and then final, final uh, superpower: invisibility, flying, or time travel. Coach, what are you going to go with? I'm going to say, oh boy, that's a tough one. I like that one. I initially thought I was going to pick time travel, but I think I'm going to pick. Visibility. Wow! <laughs> Talk to us about it. <laughs> Oh, that's hopefully you're not going to say so you can walk across the field and listen to what the other coach no, is saying. All right, no, good, no, good, no. good, good. I think a lot of it is with my kids. Aw, just to um, like listen, right? Just to see, yeah. you know, we live in such a world where I I feel sometimes they're invisible, you know, with the phones and, you know, taking away from it. It's like, what is so important? You know, we didn't have that growing up. Um I think the visibility of just being with them and seeing how their day is. That's know? a really beautiful answer. So. Uh, and so um, 
I cannot wait. Uh, tomorrow night I'll be coming to my first Northville women's oh. soccer game, and uh, you'll hear me. Uh, <laughs> all positive. I, I absolutely love oh, athletics. Oh, the girls will love it. And I'm really grateful uh, for your energy, and I can feel it, and we're so fortunate to have you with our kids. Oh, thank you. And um, a pleasure to meet you. You too. Be well. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mustang Moments. Our school district is amazing simply because of the people that are part of it. As you listen to this episode, hopefully what you heard was the amazing aspects of what each of our, our folks bring and their unique skill sets and experiences. Um, and without them, really, the Northville community and the Northville Public Schools wouldn't be what they are, which are fantastic places to be, fantastic places to learn, uh, to live. So please stay curious out there and be well.